Okay, good morning. Uh, my name is Rick House. I'm the president and CEO of Reunion Gold. And, uh, today, I hope to give you a bit of an update on our principal asset in the Guyana Shield, which is in Guyana, Local West Project which is uh, rapidly advancing to uh, to production. Yeah, fantastic. Rick, good, um, good to see you. Um, we saw you back in June. Um, a lot has happened in the second half of last year. Um, but I guess the message from you is all as well. We're advancing on all fronts. Um, tell, us, tell us how close we are. Yeah, I mean, we're, we had uh, set out the goal to try to have this operation or this mine uh, into production by 2027. And really, everything is moving on track with that, uh, despite some of the activities between Venezuela and Guyana recently. Uh, everything uh, is is moving with good momentum, and uh, timelines are still intact for for that target that we had set out. Okay, well, we actually, well, while while we're on that, I just want to hear your version. We're still a few people, and I think the general consensus is on. But in your own words, I mean, how did you read that situation? Uh, with Venezuela, uh, Guyana. Yeah, well, first of all, I would say just it's it's a dispute that goes back uh, quite a while, so this is not not new. Uh, certainly, the recent oil discoveries offshore in Guyana have probably uh, raised it to the top of the list of Venezuela again to to you know echo their concerns over the arbitral award that was made in way back in 1899 that awarded or basically settled the boundary issues between Guyana and. Uh, Venezuela. So starting in about the 60s, they were started, Venezuela had protested the uh, the decision that was made back in 1899, but actively really stayed fairly quiet until, until recently. Uh, and then things flared up about 2018. Um, and um, obviously, again, in 2023. Uh, and I think the actions in 23, probably from Maduro, uh, is he's heading into an election. He's probably looking to, you know, maybe uh, cast eyes away from the internal problems in the country and maybe try to create a bit of a, a nationalist sentiment agenda item that he can uh, use for uh, gleaning more support for the election. Um, but I think the good news is, uh, even though he's raised the issue of the potential that the Venezuela would, would annex the region to the west in the Essequibo region, which is actually where we are located. Um, he has met with uh, the pre president of uh, of Guyana. They met in December and agreed not to take any unreasonable kind of uh, you know called provoking actions. I'll call it. Uh, and so I think both parties are agreeing to essentially either negotiate or settle this in a non-conflictual way or non-conflict way. So, so and I think the other thing is, the, you know, many of the parties that have interests and stakes in this area, particularly the uh, major offshore oil and gas discovery by Exxon, you know, you've got U.S. interests and Chinese interests and, and other interests that are, you know, not interested in seeing any sort of instability that might be created around that. So, so I think you've got lots of things in play here. I, I don't think it, it'll play out in any, any, in any scary way. And hopefully the parties can settle it on an agreeable basis, uh, through negotiations or, or through court settlements. Right. Okay. I don't think that's kind of, seems to tie up nicely with, with the general consensus uh, as well. Um, Rick, 
let's um, for people new to the story, let's kind of remind them, you know, a little bit of, on the numbers around the asset and what what it is that you're hoping to kind of build here. Yeah, I mean, back in June last year, we announced uh, our maiden resource estimate and uh, uh, was you know two, you know two and a half million ounces uh, of indicated at 1.8 grams and 1.8 million ounces of inferred at two grams and sit, subsequent to that drilling, we're continuing to add ounces. Obviously we haven't put out an updated resource estimate. We will, uh, this year, uh, once we complete the drilling on the underground deep extension portion of the deposit. Um, so it's a growing asset in terms of, uh, scale of ounces that's combined open pit and underground with material potential. Uh, and so to get our hands wrapped around that potential and how that translates into a, an asset in terms of value, uh, you know, we've got to do the homework on, uh, on the design of the underground potential and also combine that with the open pit work that we've mostly completed already to essentially give us a, a kind of a big picture view of the, uh, of the property potential there. Um, uh, we continue to explore, you know, on the property as well. So... So we're kind of got a dual track strategy, move, move the project forward quickly because we already have sufficient uh, resources identified to, to make a viable project. But secondly, to continue to add ounces through exploration on the property, uh, just to see if we can continue to expand that. Uh, right, okay. And where are you with the study phase? Because you talk about it in your deck about PA end of last yeah, so year, twenty twenty three. We anticipate releasing the PA now in the in the, in the second quarter, probably towards the sec- end of the second quarter. Uh, so we're on track to do that, and we're just completing the drilling to inferred category down to a kilometer uh, for the underground potential. We pretty much finished the open pit conversion from inferred to indicated. It's uh, so a be a bit more work to do there yet, but mostly it'll be indicated. Uh, and then we'll put a combined PEA, which will show the potential of both the open pit and the underground. And obviously looking at the potential sequencing and timing of both of those and how that impacts the, the overall value of the project. So. Since 2021, you've had a good run of it in terms of share price appreciation. And, and I sense obviously to take advantage of that situation you announced in September 26th. Uh, we're going to raise seventy million bucks, and did that happen? Yeah. So in September, yeah, we 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 certainly uh, took the opportunity to raise some money, uh, and really position ourselves to be able to execute the remaining study phases of the project as and permitting phase of the project, so that you know we're in a position to actually make a decision without needing additional financing uh, before construction decisions. So. So that seventy million has certainly done that. Uh, we have additional in the money warrants that we uh, anticipate will come in as well to add uh, up to twenty five more million dollars uh, before the end of this year, or basically by July of this year. So, so that's uh, that sets us up very well uh, for sure. And then you know if we're moving it forward to construction, obviously the the work will be to figure out how to construction finance the uh, project. Right. So, I mean, I guess the it's kind of an anomaly. It's a little out, an outlier in a way, in the sense that the so with the PEA being released in second quarter, yet you're able to raise seventy million bucks in what was a kind of like a high price, gold price environment, but a, a difficult um, financial market in the sense that not a lot of companies were getting funded. Like you've been on a good share price appreciation run over the past, you know, like 
two and a half years. I mean, why raise so much money so soon? Um, and yeah, how did you get it over the line in, in such a difficult backdrop? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Difficult market. Um, you know, I think uh, there, there there is a bit of a differentiator in the market in terms of quality of projects and I think also uh, jurisdictions in terms of how that affects timelines and so on. So, so for us, we're very fortunate. We have a great uh, mining jurisdiction which supports mining and has a fairly well-defined permitting and process that's kind of allows you to move quickly and many cases in parallel uh, activities. So we're taking advantage of that. And so given that opportunity to sort of turn from discovery to production in a very short time frame, um, that's why we, we needed to raise the money. We, 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 we wanted to, the timelines are so fast that we, we anticipate that by 20, you know, early 25, we'll be in a position to make construction decisions. So uh, with permits in hand, with with feasibility study complete, et cetera. So, so that that's happening within a year. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty tight timeline. So, uh, in order to be able to do that, you know, you need the funds. And so we we just looked at it from the point of view of how much funds do we need to take us to that point, uh, and let's raise that quantum of funds. And obviously, we needed uh, to to raise that quantum of funds in this market. You, you needed a a, a major investor to take an interest. So we, we were fortunate in that La Mancha came in as a, as a, a major investor and on that last funding and helped us to get that, uh, that $70 million funding over the line, uh, in September last year. How, how long was the, how long the relationship with La Mancha that can also come in, we, you know, to help you kind of get quite a big chunk of cash over the line. I mean, how long have those discussions been going on? What's the relationship which allowed them to get so comfortable very quickly? And such a, at such an early stage again. Yeah, I know that probably, you know, La Mancha had been in dialogue with us for a while, long before that September fundraising. And so they were very familiar with the project. Uh, they had dated themselves and had done their own due diligence on, on the project. So uh, they were in a position to make a decision, you know, around the time we were trying to raise those funds. Uh, and we'd fostered those conversations along through the period, uh, you know, leading up to that uh, uh, financing. So. Right. Okay. And it just, just kind of like, well, actually, one more um, point of of um, um, housework. Um, Barrick Gold and you have made, agreed to go go your separate ways. And I assume all convivial. There wasn't. There was no strain there. Yeah. No. That. I mean that. That we entered that alliance agreement with Barrick in 2019. Uh, you know, as time rolled on, the, there wasn't, uh, the, you know, eventually the, there was not too, there was essentially nothing left in the alliance agreement by the time 2020, end of 22 rolled around. So we, you know, we decided that we would uh, terminate. But, you know, and, and there was some disagreement over that. And, and, and so there was a lawsuit filed and court cases scheduled. But, Ultimately, you know, we settled out of court with Barrick on the issue, and really it was a, at a no-cost sort of settlement. No, neither party paid each other off in any way. Uh, we essentially just resolved any of the outstanding commitments in the agreement, and then we agreed to terminate the agreement, which, you know, I think was a, a very amicable outcome uh, in, in terms of the way it, it, it happened, and we didn't end up spending money to pay lawyers to go to court, which obviously was a much better outcome for both parties. So. 
Yeah. So yeah, it, cool. it, you know, I think it's it's unfortunate that that you know, timing wise, we we got focused on one project really and had no interest to continue to generate new projects that might feed uh, Barrick's interest in terms of investment, and 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 they had already rejected the uh, Oka West project, so there really wasn't much to 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 hold that alliance together in in, in the longer term. So it's, it's kind of interesting. Obviously, it was it, that, that alliance was formed a long time ago, and, and you know, in 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 a in a good, strong, positive market, you know, objectives will be different from when it goes through three years of you know a, a bear market for for a lot of gold explorers like that. I guess the name of the game is to Stay, stay in the game, um, be around to be able to you know benefit benefit from when when we all come out the other side. But can I just sort of try and understand so we're clear about? Did your your drivers and bears obviously you know changed over time? Yours is was it a question of well like we we've got to kind of grow the company and survive, not necessarily become the expiration arm of of Barrick. Is, was was that sort of the general? Yeah, I, I would I would say maybe a little bit different slant on it that we. You know, we we definitely knew that we had to focus our attention on the Oakville West project. You couldn't be spreading ourselves too thinly on on many other things because the amount of money needed to to take that, which was a great discovery, but take that down the road of de-risking and advancing it, uh, you know, was going to require small companies' attention. And given that Barrett wasn't a joint venture partner in that uh, Oakville West project. You know, it meant that Barrick wasn't going to see any real project generation opportunities from us. And the ones they had seen, they, they liked some, they didn't like others. But, you know, in the end, they weren't, there just wasn't anything we saw over the coming years that would make sense to to put in front of Barrick or, or, or we weren't even going to spend the time to do that. So anyway, I think it was a, it's a, just, just the way that played out was, uh, and by nature of it, uh, not conducive to having an alliance agreement on project generative type ideas. So yeah, okay, no, no problem. Just wanted to be kind of clear and sort of understand that. And now the, the other channel question you get is obviously your your neighbors next door, and um, really that's, that's you know should you guys come together, and that's driven from a desire for scale. Do you think with the money that you've got in the bank to kind of take this to FID? Um, is the full force and full attention of the company on getting to into production with what you've got, or will you be continuing on the exploration path and trying to find more ounces, cheap ounces? Yeah, no, we're def- definitely, definitely uh, continuing the exploration along with advancing the project along. And uh, you know, and if anything is discovered, you know, and quickly rethinking and incorporating what that might mean to the overall project. So. I mean, in this day and age, I think the, the issue with mining companies is, you know, if they, you know, if they wait, if they're too slow, if, if, if they take from discovery of an asset, of a new discovery to production 15 to 20 years to get it into production, that's a long time for investors to be waiting and hope, you know, and, and I think that this is just lucky for us, a great discovery that we quickly brought from, you know, zero ounces to, you know, four or five million ounces very quickly. So, so, and we're adding to that now. So, so it's really a case of you have a project for sure of that quality and grade, uh, and scale. Uh, so take advantage of it. If you, if later you see the opportunity to expand it, great. You can, you can put some additional capital in and expand. Uh, 
you know, but but to turn the time value of money around on an investment uh, in one third that time that would normally be seen in a mining machine, that's worth a lot of money to investors, worth a lot of money to everyone who's a shareholder in the company. So it is, but it's been a sort of change in mentality and certainly change in narrative. I think it has always been the the Australian way. And get into production as quickly as possible. I re- reduce dilution and you can build it up slightly less efficient, but nevertheless, you kind of, you kind of, um, there's a lot of risk removed that way. Canadians have always been, you know, drop the edge of the envelope, and um, that's been, you know, here around a long time. Do you feel that because of the market that we've just been through, very not just a dip, but it's a long trough at the bottom of that dip, um, and it's changed the way that CEOs, the way that boards think and plan uh, about the way they move projects through the phase. Like I so say, you're going to rip through the phases quite quickly in terms of the, the, the studies and also get into production, you know, not doing the 15, 20-year play. Do you think that's because of the market that's changed that or was that always the intent from you? Changed uh, the market's the key driver there. I mean, uh, because if it's hard to raise money, if you're a junior um, explorer or developer, um, you know, that's only making the issue, the option of being able to move it forward quickly, you know, p- possible or not possible, right? So so I think it's in the case of, you know, probably 80% of the discoveries that are struggling to raise money to advance their projects. Uh, you know, that's in hindering the, the, the progress on them. And uh, those who intend to build it versus those who intend to try to sell their projects, uh, to, to larger mining companies, uh, you know, that, that you're going to have a different strategy around how you do that. Uh, and and so from our perspective, this was the, uh, we weren't constrained by the ability to advance the project at all in terms of, terms of financing, which which is because probably a statement of the country and the, and the quality of the asset. Um, but we're probably in a handful of companies that could do that today, not not many could in this market. I mean, it's just the nature of the market right now, right? So yeah, but I, I guess like from my banking days, you know, we we liked near-term revenue stories. We would you know release the money if it was near-term revenue because it'd be hopefully de-risked or we could see line of sight to cash coming in. The same as now when I run a family office, you know, we tend to shy away from exploration. Well, we do have exploration, but we tend to shy away from it because. You know, we're quite sure what's going to what's going to happen. We like this. We like the conversation where someone says, "Look, it's we can get some near term cash flow here." So, in that in that sense, there are companies that are able to have access to that money, and companies who mining companies who, well, the projects probably won't. You know, don't lean towards economic recovery of whatever commodity. It's a bit harder to access that capital. So, I think that's why sort of. Um, Pleasantly surprised when I sort of was reading to and doing the research, you know, 70 million bucks up front. You've obviously signaled all the relevant variables to people that this thing is going to get into production. No, I mean, whether you do or don't advance your project uh, quickly, you know, I mean, if your strategy is to is to basically add ounces as, quick, as quickly as you can and, and then uh, look to... St- to sell your asset when you think, you know, we can get a maximum kind of the valuation uh, on the exploration success. That's a strategy and, and many companies follow it. And, and I, I, I don't say that's a wrong strategy. Uh, 
it always depends on on being able to raise money to fund your exploration. Um, and but you you know you, you have to decide: are you going to spend the money on exploration? Or are you going to spend the money on advancing the project through studies and and all that stuff? And so you know we decided that we should advance the project. Uh, and it doesn't mean we aren't open to somebody's interest in the project for sure, because it's, uh, we're always looking to maximize shareholder value. So, so it's, um, it is something that, uh, gives us a, a negotiating position if you want, in terms of the asset as well, because we're in a, we're in a position where if we want to build it, we can't, I mean, we actually have the skill sets. We have, we already have a team that we would build this with. Uh, working with a very uh, competent construction company called G Mining Services, who's built many projects in in the tropical environment successfully. So mm. you know we're in that unique position of of being able to build it, but it doesn't mean we will build it. So it'll it could play out differently. It's just that we're on a fast track timeline too. So if it's, if there are people that are interested. They're having to move quickly too. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. No, 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 I like that. We know Team Money could get great, great um, building company. Um, can we just, just in terms of looking forward, like you've told us Q2 PEA is coming out, and you told us you're fast tracking, tracking everything and moving quickly. So, what are we looking at for this year, the next twelve months? What does it look like? Yeah, so we anticipate releasing that PEA in um, uh, say May or June of this year. Um, where uh, we've got a number of sort of catalysts that are coming out early. I think while we're in negotiation with the government on the minerals agreement, uh, we've been at that for about a year. We should we anticipate getting uh, the minerals agreement signed, which is the fiscal, essentially the fiscal terms uh, arrangement with the government uh, and all the stability clauses and other obligations associated with uh, the mining uh, project advance. Uh, so that would come out, I think, first this this quarter or next uh we've got the ex- resource expansion activity which we're finishing off the deep extension drilling and updating an underground resource down to a kilometer that'll come out uh either with the pa or shortly before the pea we'll update an underground resource um and then combined with the pa will be a combined open pit and underground uh economic study uh, which will show the p- full potential of what we think we have to date anyways. And they'll move quickly. The PA is done to a level of closer to a pre-feasibility study. It's because we've been at that for over a year. It's a long PEA because we extended the timeline to allow for the underground. So that's given us the time to pin down the, uh, the details of the scope of the project much tighter than you would normally do, but at a PEA level, it's probably a pre-fees level study. So we'll, we'll move right to feasibility. We'll do some trade-off studies, uh, uh you just on, on the key trade-offs that we have to decide on before we start the, the feasibility study, but the feasibility study will start in this third quarter, uh, this year. And we anticipate completing that by the first quarters of next year. So. So that in parallel with the permitting activities which are underway, environmental baseline work is uh, uh, just finishing off. We get that done this quarter, complete the environmental baseline reports. We're already uh, in discussions with the government about the terms of reference for the EIA. So once that's finalized, we can start preparing the EIA application, uh, which we tend to submit by the third quarter uh, of this year. And then, you know, it's about six months to 
normally to get the permits from there. So, you know, by first quarter, end of first quarter, we hope first quarter of 25, we hope to have both the permits in hand, the feasibility study completed, and then, of course, looking at the uh, the construction financing alternatives, evaluating those so that we're in a position to make a construction decision, I think, sometime in the second quarter of the parts. Okay. So, okay. So, a lot going on, a lot going on for sure. Um, and, and just, just if you, if you don't mind, um, just, just funny. In terms of obviously, it's a, it's an environment where I think inflation is, is is dropping off most mostly, and they kind of you know because costs and capex have been such a big shock to most people. You know, we've seen projects you know as much as you know fifty seventy percent over the, the the previous study. Are you are you getting the sort of sense that it prices are settling out there in, in terms of like, there's no kind of cause for concern around sort of capex projects i know you've kind of got open pit and you've got you know deep underground as well so um have you got a sort of a sense of that for this pea you now know, we're, prices um, come in in some ways we're we're fortunate to be working with uh, g mining because yeah uh, because they have act, are actively involved in current build projects so they are really very good handle mm-hmm. on on the you know the impacts that have been taking place recently on inflation of the equipment costs and so on and labor costs. And so in the, in, in our case, you know, or even the level of work we've done with this PA study, we're pretty good, uh, at getting the very up-to-date understanding of the pricing that we see in the region and, and globally in terms of the equipment market. Um, and it, there's, it, I wouldn't say the inflation issue has necessarily subsided too much, so we're just trying to make sure that we uh, time the information we release uh, and update things appropriately, so that we uh, don't miss the mark on on the delivering of the project on, on budget and schedule. Uh, you know, I think we we we're very cognizant of the track record of projects, and and even to the point of understanding why projects fail or projects don't deliver. Uh, I. Th- you know, I'm, I've been in the industry 40 years and involved in a lot of projects. I can say we spend a lot of time on that subject of making sure we get it right uh, with our partners. And uh, so, uh, you know, my confidence in our ability to deliver this thing on budget and skills is very high. Now, get it right, getting it right at that stage of committing a number to the market, you know, is really important. So getting it right is is all about the details and and making sure your scope is properly defined and getting the pricing updated pricing numbers as close to the date that you're releasing that as you can and uh, all those things uh, paying attention to detail not missing anything uh, you know it's all those things that can set these projects off course uh, very quickly so right I appreciate the update thanks very much for uh, swinging by um, stay in touch it's going to be a busy year for you guys and we'll be following you very closely very good yeah, Matthew thanks nice, nice to talk to you as well take care